Hello, and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. This is the podcast where we speak to some unique, fascinating people that help comedians like you and me live comedy on our own terms and find our hilarious niche. Now, today's guest has the name of Variety D. It's I, There's a lot of euphemisms you may come up from that name, but she... <laughs> things that we don't know who cares but she's an absolutely amazing comedian with tremendous stories so many things to say and the only d sh- the main d she does is put the d into the punchline please welcome variety d Woo! yeah 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 <laughs> did you like my intro yeah i mean the intro is very um inside you know it's like oh it touched me inside in my heart. Whatever you were thinking earlier, gave up. But yes, <laughs> it, was, it was touching here. Nowhere here is here. Yeah, it here. Where it matters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know about you, and they're saying, what, who is this variety do? Tell me a bit about this lovely lass. What would you say about yourself? Okay, well, despite your cockney bands, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you're right off me, come you're right off of the line, you know. Okay, so my name variety D. Okay, and then variety for lots of reasons, mainly because of my background. Um, I am not mixed race, I mix up, I mix up with so many different nationalities, it's just mad. Um, you know, especially in different uh was it continents? Uh, so you've got South America the Caribbean, and then you got Europe. So there's my heritage right there. Um, then I love a variety of different types of music. So I got to listen to all this grime and predictive lyrical music. Like, yeah, I was crossing over, yeah. And I went to the shop saying, yeah, what? Yeah, ski, woo, yeah. No, I'm not into them kind of thing there. Um, but I do applaud those artists. But I still listen to old school stuff like on Magic FM, London's Heart to get kids to sleep. Um, I come from South London, so I do hear a lot of police sirens. Um, where I am, that's why I put on the radio a bit higher because the police sirens are really noisy and I'm trying to get some shy. Um, I'm, I'm born a Lambert girl, but now I live in Croydon, so I'm not really better. No. Um, and yeah, just living life. I've been doing comedy for 15 years, nearly 16 years this year. Um, and I'm still learning. She's been doing yeah. comedy like sweet 16. Yeah, at age 16, yeah. So, like, what what is it? But you, you're also an actress as well. So you got the, you, yeah, you mix the two different, too. you've got so many different people you mix in. You've got the arty farties and like the, or, oh, oh, this great. And you got oh, the yeah. comics oh, who are very so straightforward. Yeah, so I, you know, my father is, yes. Uncle Attenborough, yes. I mean, 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 well, I, they, I did a bit of research in it and like a lot of narcissists don't even look into it or don't even like, they don't even think they have it for starters. So that's... Yeah, because they're over-narcissistic. That's why they go, no, I don't. <sighs> you know, they're in denial. 
You see, they need help. I did a bit. I watched a bit of the True Geordie podcast and with um, Richard something, Richard Grannon, who was on the Trigonometry podcast. And you yeah. mentioned a bit about narcissism being someone that had a bit of a traumatic, funny childhood where their defense mechanism since they was a child was to live mm. in a fantasy world. And that, and then it goes into adulthood. So if you are going to try and have an honest conversation, it's impossible because they've got this big shell that they surround themselves with. Well, yeah, it's their own utopia, ain't it? Like mentally. I mean, I have a neurological uh, disorder. So even, um, I should say mentally as well, I'm now known as the first black disabled comic in this era, since the era of Charlie Williams, and that's going back to the 60s. So, and with him, he's had successions anyway. So after he's had with Parkinson's and that, he already done his stuff and got his knighthood and everything. Me, I've got no hood. I've got hoodies, let upstairs, but I don't know. <laughs> no OBEs and that um, yet. Um, but yeah, um, it's like, so with that being said, um, it's really, it's, it's really difficult. People have their own little zones. Like, um, like with me, I'm misunderstood. Even in urban, I've misunderstood with what I said back then. I, I will actually talk about things that currently happened in, say, what, Streatham, and I'd be like, oh, I know you're talking about, you can't, talk, you can't say that. But why? Why can't I say that? No, because you got, uh, and I don't say, I don't say people's names. All I do is um, gestures and, um, you know, like uh, voice mimicking. Okay. And straight away, the audience member will know, you're talking about Tyrone. You're talking about Zico. And I'm like, oh, is that their name? Oh, okay, well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, it's, so it's things like that. Like America have like 20, 30 years advanced than us. They're not perfect, but they're literally keeping things moving light years away from us when we talk about black comedy so the black british and african-americans are similar yet different um the thing is do i want to go to america yes i want to go there again and perform at the comedy store sunset boulevard i've never performed in comedy store in the uk in manchester or london but i've done the original one in sunset boulevard ah. in, in LA. And it wasn't, it wasn't the main room, it was called the belly room, but it was still big, it was fantastic. And the, the atmosphere was just, oh, it was, it was incredible. You know, and the comedians that I met and rubbed shoulders with, I'm thinking, I just watched you literally as I came out of my hotel and you're here, oh, wait, we're in Hollywood. Ooh, duh. You know, and like, that's the thing. And the thing is, the comedian um, said to me, what was his name again? Um, Chris Delahaye. He said to me, well, yeah, it's Hollywood. Yeah, where, where are you from? Because you know, you're actually, I said, oh, I'm from London. You should be used to it. You guys got the same thing. I said, no, 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 no. Because what they, what a lot of Americans tend to think, they think that as Londoners, because we live or we're not too far from our own studios. So, for instance, at the BBC, they assume that we rub shoulders with our A-listers in this country. Like, you walk down West End and you go to get a McDonald's fries and then boom, you, you bump into like, I don't know, Boosie New Present or something like that. That's not how it works. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I do get it to degree. I mean it's it's um it's still I think you got more access to big names of comedy than you do in as a performer than you do as a musician. Like the distance to, between contact to them is much uh, smaller. That's a good one. That's that's a good point because it depends on because if you're in um because what I've been noticing over the years is that if you're in certain unions, so musicians have music unions. You know, mission unions are, whilst um, actors have ones as well. So, for instance, like Equity Union or um, Beck to work behind the cameras, 
um, you know, doing writing and stuff. Um, com comedians don't have one yet, and if they do, someone please tell me, tell us now. Um, you know, in this country, um, we do have Actors Guild in this country. Well, that over there in America, they have Screen Actors Guild as well. Um, I'm trying to think all the other ones now. Um. That I participated into, but again, it's a bit of touch and go. If you don't know about them, you would never meet those people. But if you do, you're more likely to meet those people. So, and not just once, but again and again and again. I can tell you a bit about my experience of going to the LA Comedy Store and the Comedy Cellar. So, in the yeah, Comedy it Cellar, it was good. I enjoyed both. I preferred the Comedy Cellar more than the Comedy Store. Um, mm. The comedy said it was they had less acts, so it was more concentrated. They had Andrew Schultz blowing the roof off. Uh, oh, I love him. I've met him a couple of times. Oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? His crowd works. Yeah, you see my video. Like, ah, my my comedy crush. No, I haven't seen it. Not <laughs> yet. Before he got married. It's before he got married. He's yeah. Well, he's obviously had a lot of fun. I bet. <laughs> um, he's he's incredible. He, he was it was in a great. I, I was with a couple of friends. I watched it, and the thing about it was that you you paid as you left rather than um, yeah. as you as you got in. But you had to book it online on the phone. You would have to get a drink and meal in both of them with the ticket. Yeah, you have to get there early. Put your name in the was it in the bucket or something like that, and put it in the list, and then. No, no, no! I watched it. I watched it. I didn't bother to go oh. and perform whilst I was there, and then. Um, in both instances, in the LA Comedy Store, they had all the big guns like Jeff um, Jeff Garland. They had Liza Schlesinger, uh, Kevin Nealon. They had yeah. uh, Theo Vaughn. All these big names back to back. Um, it was I yeah I definitely preferred the Comedy Store. It was more concentrated. I felt in the Comedy Store they had too many together. And, um, I think because mm, what what it, it was in the original the, room. It was in the original room as well, rather than the okay. main room. Yeah, what season did you, did you go, though, to, to L.A.? So I started my trip in America in November 2017, and I finished it in December. So it was in the winter, I think. Yeah, because I went winter as well, um, 2016. And that was when I was uh, on the podcast, uh, Black Home of Life. And that same week, that's when I did the um, the comic store belly room. Oh. But I think because I knew, the, I knew some of the comics from before then, and God bless her soul, Misty, who run the comedy store? It's for sure, yeah. Um, yeah, like I think that's what got me in there, you know, and, and had a wonderful time. And I got to like um, walk, at, um, what was it, past the piano, and you got up these steps, and you've got the comedians, comedians section there, and you got oh. the bar, and you got up the stairs and one. Now, obviously, that's closed because of the VIP section, you know, for you know parties and whatever. Um, so yeah, the place is huge compared to Leicester Square. Let's just wear like a nursery compared to that. Yeah, that, that comedy club's small. Yeah, it's compared yeah, it's to. Tiny. So we walk in London comedy stores, we're like, oh, God, it's a bit, oh, it's a bit, excuse me. Uh, yeah, you're like, oh, God, the bit. Like, you know, you be like that. <laughs> it's, it, is a, it is a funny thing. But I, I mean, they're, they're both incredible places. But yeah, I, I, I do love it over America. And as as yeah. someone who's travelled to both sides of the pond, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts on the comedy over there is as opposed to here. Yeah, well, like I said, I've, I've been in, in and out of America since I was four years old. Cause I have family that live in New York, so that's on the East Coast. Um, so my family who live in Flatbush, um, New York, not too far from 
Brooklyn and you can get distance from Manhattan. Um, I've come across a lot of people within the industry. So, for instance, a lot of like CNN connections and cable news network. I remember, um, what's that guy's name? He, he passed away recently, but he had them strap things. And I said, I say to the man, I said, you copy Mr. Bean. Patricia and he's Neal. Got, um, I think his name, no, no, white man. Um, I think his name's Larry, is it Larry King? Oh, um, and he Norm did his CD. Norm McDonald or Norm McDonald or what's the other guy called? No, no, it's not yeah. Norm McDonald. Got a sister as well. That's a Saturday Night Live. I remember walking past there as well, SNL, um, studios. Bobby Saget. So, but no, I think I think his name's Larry King, the one who works at CNN. Okay. Um, he passed away recently, and I remember bumping into him when I was a little girl, going. You're copying Mr. Bean. No, I'm telling. Like, because I was like, yay, hi. Um, and I was just hilarious because in my even my family over there going, Oh my god, you're so brave, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then you know, like the people dress up like Ronald McDonald back then, you know, you'll see Chuck E. Cheese like around the corner as well. It's, just, it's it's freaking mad. Like New York to me is like a stretched out central London, it's like a stretch out Piccadilly circus with more crazies. That's what yeah, it's like. A little bit. Definitely, and the weather's different. Smells different. Look, taxis are what? Uh, well, no, no, no. Taxis are yellow, whilst ours are black. Um, they have wider roads, uh, higher skyscrapers, and there's a lot of actors and comedians walking past you. That's what I'm saying. With America, it's different, but here we do have actors and comedians walking past, but they walk steadfast. They they won't look at you, acknowledge, or be like, oh my god, uh, you know. I think in this country, we're too. Um, we we got too many introverts. We're very very introverted. Very you know like oh don't talk to me. Whilst I'm like hey good morning hi you know they're just like <laughs> they're all up in your face like oh you know hi um, I saw you just like yesterday yeah keep doing your thing you know. Whilst over here you mostly I have to use that example as well. You meet an EastEnders cast um member. You're more times you go to like. Hey, I saw you on. All oh, right, uh, yeah, I know you saw me. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll be all like, I'm like, yo, chill, man. I'm saying, look, you're doing well. It's not tough. I'm giving the thumbs up, man. I know you're playing a baddie. What's the bad? Jeez. So it's very defensive in this country. And I don't, I don't want to become that, that, that person. I don't want to be that guy or that girl, you know, that um makes it big. And they'll be like, hey, Brady. I'm like, oh my God. Yo, driver, get me. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that's what all the McDonald's now, yeah. Tinted windows and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, can I have the other nuggets and the um the fries. Hurry up, man. Look, I, just, I know you recognize me. Okay, give me two barbecue sauces. Glad <laughs> have one window in there. <laughs> what if you have a what if you had a funny chili con carne and you needed yet the shit to something and then someone talks to you, you you're gonna wanna hide then or you're gonna like don't bother me it's then. true that's a good way because yeah, that's embarrassing but as a comedian <laughs> that's hilarious because you can utilize that you can be like okay my bowels are speaking move out the way and then you can you could literally yeah use the force get that out and then next day also wash your hands after you know happy birthday twice when washing your hands and then talk about it on your next gig. So if, if everybody else in the area is not talking about you, you be like, oh yeah, I about it. come to my gig. Yeah, come, we'll talk about, we'll talk about this. You witnessed me. That, <laughs> to, 
To be honest, I think a superpower that everyone would like to have is to have be able to let a horrid smell when to get to, to put someone off that you don't like when you're they're near you. Just oh, let yeah, it out, yeah. out of control. Like I have a little button. That's a, that's that's a good one though. But I mean, mm, I think when you if you connect back to the industry we were talking about earlier, when it comes to like fans or people who there's ordinary Joes who are non-industry. All they see is someone putting in the work, enjoying their performance, and then that's it. And that's the reason why I'm talking about the difference between the UK and the US, because um, the US is so used to it because everybody is a performer, to be fair, especially in that particular state, California. Everyone is, I'm an actor. I'm, um, I'm a singer. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a writer. You know, but they also work like daytime stuff like at Starbucks and, you know, and McDonald's. <laughs> They're doing their thing. Yeah. I even saw, I even saw Spider-Man. Spider-Man even came up to me, yeah, and he was like, hi. I'm like, oh, Peter, is that you? Like, <laughs> Toby Maguire or the original one or one of the other two? I don't know which one was under that one, but after Spider-Man was flirting with me and all sorts, he asked for 10 bucks. I was like, wow, this how you guys getting up in LA? You must ask me for a tender out here, not even like one dollar, 10 bucks. Wow. 10 bucks for Webby Man. T- times are hard. This guy is constantly mean. Yeah. <laughs> Lely's a bit mad. I came across um, what's it called? A mad man who was uh, having a racist argument with himself oh, outside Popeyes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, of all places. <laughs> yeah. I bet you just want to go to Popeyes and get some biscuits, innit? Yeah, but you got you got biscuits, you got redneck, you got freaking <laughs> a cup of freaking clan, like just around there. <laughs> like it's just ah, oh, it's it's crazy. I've seen it as well. I've seen where um, instead of the racism, I've seen the Bible basher ones. Bible basher? Yeah, man. Them ones I keep going, and the Lord told me, I don't even need the Bible. The Lord told me, no, 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 no. I'm you. The Lord told you to go to sleep. Get some rest. But, the, the Lord told you to shut your nose. How about that? You know, <laughs> just walk up. <laughs> but you mentioned a few things, sir. I've had a conversation with different comics about comedy in America and in yeah. uh, UK. And you mentioned something that we are tend to be more introverted. Um, but I think with Americans, I don't know. I feel that I always get told that they're more two-faced than us. But then again, I come across a lot of English people that are quite two-faced well, as well. So that's not true. America's dramatic anyway from the, from the day they were born. Um, I mean... I don't mean the land, I mean the people that are right there now. Um, I mean, you've seen the political jargon that's going on right now in the States. It's, a, it's just crazy. It's like Game of Thrones, just no dragons. Um, just, it's, it's mad. Um, but yeah, over there, everyone can be two-faced or even three-faced. I mean, there's, it's, just, it's, just, it's a crazy world. But at least you're in your zone. No, none of that can bother you. It can't phase you. I think a lot of British actors and comics who fly there first time, it'll be like, wow, oh my God, ah, mm, ah, you know, kind of thing. Oh, he's my best friend now. Like, it's, it's like, no, he's not your best friend. He wants to do business. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not your buddy. She just literally wants you to be part of her production. And then our production's done, you guys may not be talking anymore. Yeah. You it's... know, it's business. 
it's a what would you make of their sort of style uh, this is a thing that i've had a track with like are they are they better performers than us are they better writers i think as a whole they from what i've more, seen they're slightly better they're than free. us i think they're more they're more free even though a lot because like i said before about the whole level one to five you can't get from a five to three because you, we're now getting into this this era where people are getting so sensitive now on anything and obviously we've got social media like twitter and stuff little birdie saying something you know, always criticizing something. Um, but like, like my granddad just told me, you can't please everybody. You know, even that like my godfather used to be on Batman alone. You can't please everyone. Be yourself, but behave yourself. Um, make sure you stand for what you you're saying. You know, kind of stuff. Um, over here in this country, it's it just takes so long. I've noticed that it takes so long for people to get that 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 breakthrough. You know. Um, I mean, good example, um, Slim the Comedian. He should have been up there ages ago, but only now he's just getting up there. And I'm like, God damn, you've been in the game from when my uncle was working at the Empire, you know what I'm saying, back in the 90s. It's, just, it's mad. Yeah. Um, there was a show back in the day called, um, um, was it Hackney 291? He's from LWT. So that's taking it way back. You know, London Weekend Television. Um. And I remember, like, my uncle working there, and that's when I first got to meet Rudy Liquid. I think, was Angela Martin? I know Rudy Slim was there. I think Curtis Walker was there as well. Leo Mohammed, Miles Crawford, another great comic. Oh, my God. Um, and, yeah, the, and these, these lovely veterans, they're in their 50s, going on 60s now. And I'm 31. Damn. It's just like... These people should have, should have been up there a long, long time ago. So when when I now sometimes watch um, Love Apollo, have you watched it recently? I've not really been watching it. I, I I've not for a long time. Like I think the only time I really watched it religiously was when Frankie Boyle was was on there regularly, and like yeah, with yeah. Darby, with I'm, the original I'm OGs. Glad. See, I'm glad um, you mentioned Frankie Boyle because um he um messaged me one time during lockdown, you know, he responded back to me, um, what's it, my DMs, and I was like, oh, wow, hello, cheers, mm -hmm. mate, lovely, um, hope, you're, hope you're staying safe at home, um, and then, um, yeah, but what reason I mentioned the Apollo is because the original Apollo in America, and I think that is, is it Alabama, if I'm right? It's one of those states, because Apollo wasn't... wasn't oh, yes, 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 I do remember that, because I, I think I remember um, Will Mars doing a set at the Apollo in America. Mm -hmm. And Steve Harvey hosted it recently. Um, you know, Gladys, Gladys Knight and the Pips, they they begun their stuff there too. But, you know, with singers and, you know, uh, rappers and uh, comedians. So even things like that, it's different, their uh, ethos... On their Apollo, that's it. I think no, I think it's Harlem. I think yeah, I think it's Harlem Apollo. Whilst over here is Hammersmith. And when I look at that one, um, that Jack D and I've forgotten the other guy who created that, the Lady Apollo book on the BBC. I remember it was mostly white comedians. Um, obviously you've got your Midlands and your, your Scottish and your Irish all around there. But when I used to watch it, I just think this is the same thing over and over again. And then they have the same faces as well. So only recently they have more black and Asian comics that like, on there, which is good. But then I'm going, 
this particular black comedian has never done urban. What the hell? How did they do this? How did they jump hoops? What hoops did they jump? You know? So I think it's good that we do see, well, from my perspective as a black comic, I'm seeing comedians who look like me but sound different. They're not doing the same urban rhetoric. They're, they're doing political satire. You've got some of them doing some other genres. Um, then basically, as a viewer, we're not predicting okey-doke from that, that comic. Yes, um, I think I know Sophie Duca. Yeah, she's another. I need to meet her. You know, two times I wanted to meet her. I couldn't even get to see her. Um, Edinburgh Fringe and um, there was another one, Leicester Comedy Fest. Couldn't get to see her. I was vexed. But I, want, I got a lot of questions for her, yeah. I'm, I'm like, how? How are you? How are you? Queen of Cameroon, how do you get from there to there? And you're double smart. And your hair's natural. How? Like, how did you break this barrier? You know, like, it's just, it's just so many questions. Hmm. What do you use for your skin? You know what I mean? Like, I was going to ask some random questions to Sophie, you know. Why you got the same name as my mum? My mum named Sophie as well, But she, she's part of the same demographic of, though she's a different race to some of the people that are there, she's just part of the same sort of group of people that are there. Yeah, because she was, let me see, I think she was the third black woman I saw on Mock, Mock of the Week. Because it was first was Jeannie Asheray, then it was London Hughes, and then Sophie Jukov. I don't know if I saw any other black, no. I think Tanya Moore might have been on that show. And Ava Vidal. But again, we're still under a handful. Four. With me. Please <laughs> get me then. But what's what's the what's the what would you say so you've gigged a bit in America and you gigged a bit in the UK. How would you compare like the uh, the black circuit of here and over there and how would you compare the mainstream circuit of there to here? I'm glad you asked the question. So the mainstream over here is still predominantly white male, you know. Um we're having a lot more, I mean, okay, let me split the difference now. So it's now urban, mainstream, and alternative. So the ALTs are basically, um, what are they? Um, the gay community, uh, you know, queer, uh, religious, so meaning like it could be Islamic, you know, full on Christian, you know, church um, comedy. Uh, Jewish can be, also, the opposite of um, your know, non-religious, um, I forgot what they're called now, where people don't believe in, in God. Uh, what, what atheist. That's it, yeah. So you've got atheist comedians, um, and I ain't glad they're hilarious, because I'm like, oh, is that what you did? And I'm like, oh, did And I love them. <laughs> you know, because they make it, they make something so sad funny. Hmm. You know, that's what I love about them. Um, any, any comedians, to be fair. Um, and then you've got Disabled comics, oh, I kind of go, mm. um, yeah, so you've got disabled comics, we're part of the alternative as well, but you can also be disabled, gay, and um, what was the other one? Disabled, gay, atheist. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like layers and layers and layers that make can make you unique and stand out from the, the rest. And that's what I love about this industry. But going back to your question, though, with the, um, the Black British urban circuit and the African-American urban circuit. The African-American wins because they've begun 
um, this thing called Chitlin' Circuit back in the, the 40s, 50s. So during the jazz nights, you know, you're talking about when Red Fox was young, you know, the Goretta soul. Um, so they've been doing comedy for decades, like I said, light years before us. Whilst over here, you think of the Windrush era when um, people from the Caribbean came here, there weren't much people doing comedy, like in some clubs. What club? Like, there, there was none of that going on. It was mostly music. You'll mostly hear like Calypso, Soca, you know, um, Raga, um, all that kind of stuff going on here before the comedy even was invented. However, th that being said, there was comedy implemented within the music, within black music, when the first generation came here. There weren't really stand up, stand up until, I'll say until again, the 60s. So I think it was Charlie Williams. Hmm. And he's not even, he's not a black man from London. He's, he's a brother from up north. He's, I think, was the Yorkshire man. Yeah, he was under comedians. And the, he yeah, has a the funny story. And, and look, how, look how many racial, like, antidotes he put in his um, stuff. He's taken Mickey out of himself. And along came, yeah, a young man called Lenworth. And look at that, Lenny Henry Bugun. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, it was just, it's crazy. And imagine there could have been a lot more black male comics, but because in this country, compared to America, we don't have our own channels or, you know, um, productions as them, it's really, it's really tough. And we have our own, like, clash of wars, you know, like, um, like the, what's that Marvel film? Um, why am I forgetting it? When Iron Man versus Captain America. Oh, Civil War. Right. So, in this country, we have our own Civil War anyway, which should, should stop immediately, but it's not. Um, Africans versus Caribbeans. Oh, Walla. Yeah, Wahala. Yeah, we have. We still have that now. So, imagine if we didn't have that, because remember, Americans don't, don't have that mess. I mean, they have that, you know, the East Coast versus the West Coast, the Bloods and the Crips, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's different. Um, they still have that motivation to have their own stuff, their own productions, their own, you know, functions. Whilst over here, we're, we're beginning it, but it's the way we're doing it. It's like, oh, this is by an African man. This is by a, a Jamaican man. You know, it's, it's literally that sort of nonsense going on. It's like, oh, you're black, all right? And you, you're black as well. Shush your eyes. Come, let's continue working. It's, it's very... Um, but. I saw with some of it that it's um, in some areas. I watched that film with Blue Story. Uh, yeah. What's it called? The different areas, like in one, like Peckham was Caribbean, or like um, Deptford was more African. One, it's one or the other, and there was a big. No, that's Peckham part... is more Lagos, more, more okay. West African, and okay. Deptford, I say, a bit more Caribbean. Okay. But yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot about Deptford for a second. I was thinking more my old original area, Lambert. I'm thinking Brixton, because the amount of war that happened between Brixton and Beckham when I was growing up, um, when I was in school, it was it was carnage. The only place where it was it was um it was uh, calm was Camberwell. The reason why is right in the middle. Brixton's there, Peckham's there. Camberwell is right there. There's a bit of I heard now that things have got to the stage where it there's these fights between two different blocks. In the same postcode. Same postcode, yeah, that gets my nerves. Um, it's just boroughs, now it's postcode, and you know, I think it's like, well, I'll go in Streatham, 
you're gonna be stepping on here and then you're gonna be stepping over there just across the road. What are you guys playing at? And do you pay rent? I'd be like, young man, what? oh, so your mum don't even own these roads. I was like, these boys came from like Dulwich because you know there's families that run those roads. That's why we have like toll system. You have to go pay a certain tax rate to get your vehicle from one into another. But gang, really? Cold, cold? No, no, no. Hmm. It's it's silly. And the worst thing about it, again, from my perspective, when I know um, certain people from all these gangs, and I go, I'm gonna see you next week. You're gonna come to the uh, christening next week, and you, you're gonna see me next Friday at um, our cousin's um, birthday cookout, you're going to see you like next week because we go to the same university. You, I'm like, literally, as black people, it's too small for beef. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's too small. Because <laughs> we'll know some parents or aunties, uncles and cousins. We, we know too many people. Especially in the Caribbean. Like, we, we know way too many West Indies. You're too close together. You're you're know each yeah. other, and it's all the small islands know each other. It's like, yeah, I know you, you, you know my cousin. You're my godfather. You're my mother, your godmother, and yeah, you, you. It's just nah. Mm-mm. It's that monopoly messed up. Hmm. And that's often sometimes where the biggest wars in. Look at Game of Thrones or the War of the Roses. They were families. If you look at what the story yeah, that exactly. that involved that war, they were families. So yeah. when you have such closeness, sometimes the hatred is deeper. It does. It's, 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 yeah, that's actually a good point. You know, they say they say blood's quicker than water. You tell them, "Ooh, that told me twice." Yeah, that. Mm. <laughs> but it's still silly though. Like, oh, you can't step on here on this road because it's my. It's our road. You gotta pay ten pan. Yeah, blah blah blah. What? Pay who? I will pay you 10 backhands, yeah? And I'll tell your mama, like, move out my way. <laughs> but comedy is a bit like that as well, in some respects, isn't it? With, with different, there's lots of, everyone talks about, oh, there's a lot of cliques in London, but I think it's all the way in, yeah, in, different, in America, in New York, in LA, there's so much, so many cliques and so many different wars. But I mean, the American ones, they'll be more in your face about it, saying that, yeah, this is my homie, you know, um, I F with this one, I da 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 They'll tell you clearly, because they have nothing to hide. They just live another day. Whilst in this country, it's more like, hi, what are you doing here? Ah, I see. Hmm. You know, it's, it's like that in this country. Like, um, for instance, I remember going to an event called Esquire Townhouse. It happens every year, well, used to be before the, the lockdown. Um, and there's hardly, there's about a handful of black people there and I remember coming across someone and I, and I said, oh, this is a really nice place. This is a nice mansion. And, oh, look at this. It's glorious. And the woman just looked at me and went, are you on work experience? What? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm, just, I'm a guest here. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I was just like, if I was white, she wouldn't talk to me like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's one black woman talking to another black woman. She's like going, oh, you ain't got your shirt on. Do you need your work clothes? No! What are you talking about? You see what I'm saying? It's, it's just mad. And then you see another, um, there's a black man uh, who works in the uh, fashion uh, industry. I was a freelance for like, you know, Vogue, Vanity Fair and all those things there. And um, he's just amongst all his white counterparts and takes a glance at me and just goes, oh. you know, kind of, it's like, what the hell? What? No wonder we're so divided. 
Because we go to places like this, which is um in you know for the Royal Arches going towards um Palmau. Black people kind of different around there. I'm like, what's going on? We went to have a unity. We're not meant to be divided like that. I think some people feel that if if you're there, you're going to take their slice of the pie. Yeah, what pie? Does it taste nice? No, like I'm not, I don't want it. <laughs> like, you see what I'm saying? I know. Mm. But the thing is, my family taught me. Um, they said, "Look, you're born and raised a Londoner. Discover London. Discover the city that you're born in, because there's a lot of people like we said about the postcode war thing. There's a lot of people my age or younger who are still stuck in their areas. They're stuck in their boroughs. They don't want to travel to certain places." They'll, um, as I said before on stage, they'll be at Knights Hill, but don't want to go to Knights Bridge. But they want people from Knights Bridge to come to Knights Hill. Why? Get your ass down there. Get your Oyster card and go and get yourself down to the city. Be yourself, but behave yourself. That's all. You see what I'm saying? But typical, some people just go down there and get some Nikes for like 300 quid and they'll be like, oh, my days ain't got no money, you know. Oh, I've got to sign on and yeah. Like, it's just like, come on, man. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But at least I break those barriers. But I think you mentioned something before that you 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 do all the circuits, don't you? You do the alternative, you do the... Alternative, urban, mainstream. What, how do you play the different rooms? Well, I'm still me, but I have various sort of... Um, uh, various intros and structures if that makes sense because i don't write my jokes i literally just go in there and do my thing um but um so the way i do it i have to read the room very quickly and even though i'm dyslexic reading a room is hard okay it's not easy so <laughs> it's just like okay so these guys are around about uh 30s, 40s, probably 50s. Okay, majority of them are white. What type of white? They're cottony white. Let me just use them. Hi, you're all right. Okay, so they're basically uh, not cottony white. They're the opposite. They're middle class white. Um, they have Land Rovers. Good on them. Um, okay, mostly female. Yeah, okay, so uh, not much males in here. I better support the women a bit more. Um, there's a few black over there. There's a few Arabian. There's a few Asian there. All right, cool. Um, right, the show begin, and that's how I do it. That takes about 15 30, 20 seconds to do it because a lot of comics have a habit of especially it's a big venue, they have a habit of like going in the venue, getting a drink, and going to backstage and waiting for their turn to be on stage. I don't do that. I mostly go in there, go backstage, put my coat and bag down, and walk around the room, and have a conversation, walk around the, the venue, or even talk to people that are waiting outside on the queue, you know, especially if it's cold, cheer them up because. That's what I learned in America when you're outside, it's like, hey, everybody, stay in line, you're going on time. Okay, everyone feel all right? Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Here, we don't do that. Here, the security are so damn, they're pricks. Like, they'll be like, stand on the wall, stand in the wall, get closer. If you don't, sure, she ain't coming in. Why, why are you telling them that? They come to have a good time on a comedy show. Now we're gonna, now it's pissing with rain, they're gonna make them pissed off when they come inside. Nah. Like, it's just, it's just nuts. So, I'll tell you something that that I had an experience of recently that annoys me about a gig, and then you can you can share that. So, I had it on Monday. I won't say the name of the gig, but it was in North London. And yeah. the, effectively, 
he was very late in sending all up. There's only about three people there. They started yeah. late. Um, he was trying to get everything all set. He was stressed, rushing it. He wasn't even too sure if he was going ahead. But they went ahead. And then before I went, before, like before the show was about to start, he was showing the running order. He sent me an email saying I was on. Then I look at the running, I'm not on. I said, oh, come on, could you put me on? And then he put me on. But then he was going everywhere. Like he was just like, he didn't plan in advance. He didn't put it together. He got the host on. Um, there's three people there. And he brought in a dog. Now, I, this is something I think should probably stop. I don't think people should bring their dogs to comedy shows. I think that should be something that's stopped. What, was he thinking on Briggs or Tanner or something? She. But it, it, she uh, brought a dog she, in and they let she her in. Possibly. Uh, I, I'll, I'll send her an email later on. But it, it was it was just a, so the guy who was hosting, he did about maybe 30 minutes, 25 minutes. So yeah. he tried to do crowd work. It didn't really go well. He, he made himself laugh, but no one else. He didn't create a nice atmosphere. Then he did his material, which didn't do too well either. And then he brought an act on. The other act tried to restore the room. He failed, but he had a good effort. And then the guy who yeah. owns the gig, he comes on with his notebook. And he comes in Oh, like, I hate when I see that. He, yeah, he, he didn't really put any effort to make them laugh. He bombed. Then the next act bombed. Yeah. And then <laughs> the, the host didn't do anything to recover the faith of the room. Then I went on. And then I completely killed, like, what's it called? The audience didn't want to stay there. But then when I bombed as well, it was a bit like I was a final nail in the coffin. And the thing that annoyed me about the gig was I, now that I think about it, I really should address the situation and say, yes, I'm awkward. You know, this situation is weird. Like, don't worry, yeah. it's going to be good. I should have said something to do like that, but I didn't. And then of course, the, the, yeah, the thing with the gig, it could have been, even though there was a few people in there, it still could have been a good gig had the host actually put any effort in and. And that's what annoyed me about that gig. Nah, man, I've been through some some terrible gigs as well. Um, where um, I think my my problems always start backstage. I think that's also why I don't sit backstage or anything like that because you'll have groupies that will literally interfere. I just say, oh, what are you here for? Who are you come here for? Yeah, you want to be here for so and so. I want him. I'm like, he don't want to be my dad. Hey, listen, nah, why are you here? And I started fighting. Like, I literally... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> and then, if I do cuss them on stage now, boo, I'm like, you know, why? So what are you booing me for? What, because I caught you in the act, yeah? All right, cool. You know, that, that's, that's how Urban is like. Urban was, was ruthless to me. But I'm oh. glad that I discovered... I'm glad I discovered those ruthless moments. Even to the point where I remember there was a show called Sunday Show. And I've forgotten who the host was. I think it was either Adoc Comedian or Moda Comedian that night. And um, this was years ago. I was about 19 years old. And I remember talking about gangs. And I said, um, I said, yeah, maybe some of those you know about PDC, stand for positive driven children. Um, and then um, I said, yeah, uh, we've got back, 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 yeah, boom, boom, boom. I said, yeah, it's calming noise. Why are they called A why are they called PDC? Should it be called ABC? I mean, look. They're black, they wear black shades at night time. You've got black bandanas. I mean, you know, all black crew. Does that make sense? They're sitting there. You know what I'm saying? They're sitting there laughing their asses off because they can laugh at themselves, which I love about them. 
But there was people on the cheap seats. They were like, boo. Oi, you can't say that. I shank you. I was like, what? You got shank me. So then I said on the mic, I said, what was I said, um, I said, it's funny how the white comedians can talk about their gangs, the Craze, the Richardsons, and the ICF. It's funny how in America they can talk about the Bloods and Crips and Latino Kings, but we don't talk about our own gangs. And then I dropped the mic, I was like, ah, then I walked off. Mike was Whoa. damaged, it was dented because the way I dropped it was really hard. Um, and then I remember the, the um, promoter, he was like, oh, I wouldn't promote well, one of the, the co-managers. He said, oh, I see how you, you study you study grounds, come down next week. I said, nah, pay my money, I want to go home, I want to come back here and get stabbed up. No, it's all right. You know? He didn't pay you. They did have paid me, like, but I went home. I didn't come back to that show. And I remember um, some of the guys from that gang, well, say gang, those gentlemen, because they're now grown and they're doing wonderful stuff, PDC um, messaged me on Facebook and said, Yo, yo, B, are you okay? Um, you you are really lighting up tonight. Had a really great time. Thanks for um involving us in your material. Blah blah blah. And it's just like wow. It just shows the the mindset on how people perceive comedy. It's not for you. It's something what us comedians we're very different. We're we're meant to be all um not not predictive because what it is a lot of the time, especially back then. I'm not sure about now. They expect black female comics to always have man-hate jokes for an hour. And I don't hate man. I hate pricks. But I don't hate man, yeah? Like, I, I don't want to be in that that category. Hmm. You know, the um the angry black woman all the time. Ladies, let's have nice if you hate man. Woo! I'm like, oh, God. Well, you literally cop blocked about 20 people, yeah? You could have had a good night after the show. <laughs> Yeah, and how were you born? That's the thing. If 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 women didn't like men, you wouldn't be born. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Though a woman's scorn is really um, is really feisty. I have to say, you know, um, like, but I didn't want to put myself in that category. I mean, I've done like man hate jokes before, but that's about my personal ones. That's about like my exes, you know, or abusers that I've been with in my life. Like, I'm I've done those materials. Um, but that's for a different type of events. Those are sort of eventful, you know, like um, the like even this month is Women's History Month. Um, you know, you got charitable gigs, you know, for women who have been in the um, domestic violence, you know, so things like that. But I still make it funny, make sure they remember you, you know, in a positive light. But there's certain gigs where they're very selective. You know, again, I just want to do my own um, rendition of selective outrage, but based on frigging promoters and public. <clears throat> yeah. Because even, even promoters back in the day used to say, yo, babes, yo, variety, listen, you're funny, you know, but I can make you, you know, a bit bigger in the game. Hey, come to my house, come to my car. Like, come to my ah! house. I'll give you, you Catford. I'll give you Brixton. I'll give you um, 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 Hackney. You know, I'm like, no, it's a bit dark. Listen, Fox is on the road. Um, how about you give me a call when the sky's blue? I'm going to my mum's house. Bye. And, right, and then when I'm walking off, they'll be like, you know, yeah, you're, you're not going to do well enough. You're rubbish. You're shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they'll be like, you know, yeah, anyway, peace. Yeah, I'm on the bus now. Bye. You know, my freedom pass. Like, I'm, I'm, I, that's nothing I would never do, which my family have always taught me. Don't um sell yourself short just to get somewhere higher for a moment. Because what if I did sleep with that promoter? 
and then got those gigs he's talking about, he can easily pull me right down, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Because uh-huh. in the social media world, you can easily support on social media and say, yo, right, he did this for me, and rare, rare, rare. yo, nah. It's, there's a funny thing with that, isn't it? With, because um, I'll be, us as men, we, we, we don't always respond well to rejection, but sometimes, I don't know, women, women on the other, other side aren't very nice either. And so if you're going to be nice to someone who's a woman who's not been nice to you, they're going to make you look like that. But yeah, at the end sure. of the day, I'd much rather not tolerate them. But that's what I'm saying, though. It's, um, you got to remember, this is what you're talking. Let me see, I'm 31 now. That was 12, yeah, 12, 13 years ago. So again, that's before the whole social media was popping. If that happened now, I will probably might send a tweet or something or do those hidden little, like, pictures and go, see, promoter, yeah, beware of him. Uh, ladies, give me a call, DM me or something if this promoter has been doing any shoppingness to you. All right, yeah, yeah, you as well? Yeah, all right, then, come, we'll go have a meeting. You know what I'm saying? That emergency meeting or something. <laughs> have, you, have you done anything like that recently? Because there are quite a few well-known people. I'm not going to say who because they'll probably do me over, but... There's people, there's a lot of open trade secrets on certain comics, even that are famous now. There's yeah, like promoters. I mean, there's a big promoter. It's gone on for generations, though, like promoters and comedians. Like, we've seen we've seen and heard it happen before. But it's like, back then, people, shh, shh, shh. But now people are like, oh, you mean that person, that prick up in North London? Yeah, man. Hey, it's... And I think it's not just urban, it's also in the mainstream, too. So the, yeah, urban mainstream and alternative have the same circumstance, but it's the difference is how how they deal with it, how they nip it in the bud. You know, okay. is it being nipped in the bud in any of the circuits? That's the question. Mm, that's a good question. And I think if it has, how has it been nipped in the bud? You know, there's a I won't say the name of it, but there's a well-known promoter who's run a, he's running a really big comedy club that's doing quite well for himself, but a lot of people have told me of stories where he's taken advantage and done things. And I had a guest on a podcast from Scotland who um, I recommend you listen to because he was an awesome guest as well. He's yeah. um, Darren Cannell. He told me there's a lot of problems with female comics getting bothered by promoters. But he, yeah, he's also true. been bothered by male promoters. And he said the fact that you tell him he's not into bangers and mash, they they still try and bother with. <laughs> that mean, you know, I'm not laughing at the at the problems that he's trying to reach his bangers. But what I'm saying here yeah, is, <laughs> he's got to mash them up, innit? That's what he's got to do. He's got to give them one two. Yes, you know? of course. <laughs> uh, so when are we gonna meet for dinner, Variety? No. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, 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 I'm joking. Okay. That how you doing? I'm joking. But it is it is what it is, isn't it? It is one of those things in comedy. It, and all entertainment, like with how Harvey Weinstein, all of that that going on, it's yeah. still there. It, like I'm sure I'm there's someone big like him that's still there. Well, in the States, but we also have it here. But the the only question is how do we end that end these problems? Is it still being spoken about? Who is speaking for us? Who is leading towards a solution? That's what that's what it really falls down to. I think because every time a comedian goes up a status, up a level, 
you know, to level, you know, one to five. I noticed that they're not really helping their, you know, their peers. I'm like, um, excuse me, <laughs> this problem is still here. Yeah, a I've lot of the times that. people don't care about it. They just worry about their own, mm. their own behind. Yeah, exactly, because their backside's covered. It's insured. See, it's as yeah, a lot. It's it's one of those things i suppose but yeah i don't know I, th I think a lot of the times also people don't want to put the legwork in so like with promoters giving them you know they'd much rather have a promoter do things for them rather than go out and do it themselves or yeah, they'd much true. rather um yeah they're willing to put up with certain things some of the people because it gets them to places and not you know as long as it doesn't bother them they're not bothered but let me ask you this what is your opinion on Louis C.K. considering that he was caught doing the fiddly in front of ladies? I know that someone told me that he didn't, but he. But what is your opinion on him? Because he's 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 been unscathed. Hold on, I got to get my charger. It's on four percent. Wait, hold on, hold that question. That's a good question, by the way. Right, got it. Okay. So let me just plug this thing in. How prepared this comedian is. Not really that prepared. Yes, I can see here. Put that in. Put that in. I'm liking this juicy question here. <laughs> By Louis C.K. Okay, boom. All right, so I think that's... Um, that's placed over there, like wonderfully. Uh, yeah, I like this question. Okay, so hold on, ask it again. What? So, what are your thoughts on, despite what we said before about people being odd or doing dodgy things? But let me start the video again because it looks as though I've. You're paused. I am back. So. Oh, now you're moving. Thank God you're breathing. I got scared. I was like, oh no. He's got the jujuness now here from Louis C.K.'s fans. I think so. Oh, I think dear. so. They're, made, they're in the cupboard. That's that's what's happened. <laughs> now, but what's what's your thoughts on that? Because there's a lot of like of people coming back from doing something like that and being like Louis C.K. because he's sort of unscathed now. Yeah, because, I mean, okay. Is Louis C.K. the one that has a um, a wife that is black? No, that is um, that Bill Burr. Thank you. So I used to, when I was younger, even to this day, I always get them two mixed up. Well, they're both ginger. Whoa, no, 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 no that, that is going to get me cancelled there. Whoa, no, 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 no. Whoa, I can't say <laughs> stuff like that. I get that all the time. I got it. I got him. I you got, got me in trouble now. Oh, <laughs> no, I've, I've had that. 
No, I don't know. Um, they, they, they are they are both brilliant comics, and I, they're I, both strawberry blind. I, I'm cancelled now. That's it. <laughs> they're both strawberry blind, chunky cheeks, loud mouth guys. Yes, they are. Let me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> but no, but Louis C.K. though, he needs to behave himself. He's been he's been naughty for years. Um but I mean, has it I mean has it really tarnished his career? No. Like I said, the Americans are different than we are over here. It hasn't. He's he's back to normal, I'd say. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just it, this is it's different. I mean, if Louis C.K. was a black comic again and he got accused of that, oh my God, bye-bye. You know, yeah. But would, would do people deserve a second chance? Because I know like with Philly or Huff or whatever, he was a troublemaker in America and then he came over here and did dodgy stuff. But he's sort of been cancelled in a way, but some comics like, still talk to him. He still has love in, in the United States because I've, we've got mutual friends there. So you remember I talked about the uh, Black Hollywood Live or that I participated in. Yeah. Um, they still love him there. Oh. So I'm saying in in um in LA, um, but I understand though that why you know people like Philo Huff and um Desiree Birch, uh, Kmar Bob come over here and succeed and climb the ladder a lot more of success to level level five in this country, um, because it is a really is a battle in the states over there, um, but yeah, I mean, that, it's made me think of a lot of more things now. So again, going back to the um to the selective outrage, could you imagine, instead of the American um, Academy, so the Oscars, the British Academy having two black comics, I'll give it make more simple, from Peckham. Mo, the comedian, says a joke about John Boyega's mama, and John goes up there and goes. I don't think you would do both, that. I think both comics, not that's if, hypothetically, oh, the Lord, it don't happen. Um, both comic, well, the comedian and the actor will both their careers will be done. They'll be just done because we wouldn't have no next up or Netflix special for Mo to do about that happening, or John Berger having another movie after that. Like it's different in this country. We're very strict as well. Okay. We we don't make something out of it's, it's not something out of nothing, but something um tremendous out of something outrageous okay. in, in the UK. Whilst in reverse, America does. Even politically, they'll do that. I mean, look at Donald Trump. Like they'll literally go, How do you guys come up with this stuff? My God. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's different. But what's what's your thoughts on so we mentioned a bit about pervert in the bushes. But like, yeah. what, what's what's your thoughts on like some of the dodgy things that go on in comedy in terms of people playing all these little things and Game of Thrones business on each other? And then what do you make of all that that goes on? Is it on the same principle that we all think there's a small size of the pie? So we just try and yeah, kill each other. People get, always think get the pyramid mindset. Like, you know, you climb up, um, the more higher you go, the more less people you see. And then you're the only one man standing. I mean, yes, yeah, stand up is a lonely thing. But in general, as a business, it should be with a realm, a good realm of people. You see what I'm saying? You, you can't be you can't be closing gates to other other um, aspiring comics. Um, I know a few comics who have done that who are now living in the States, um, and they I don't name names, but they pulled the ladder 
So they've climbed up, flown to the States, and then pulled that ladder away and go, oh, no, there's no one else there. Just me, 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 me. I'm like, what the, excuse me. Like, and, and the thing is, that particular comic, I don't want to say their, you know, their, their uh, gender, that particular comic thought they were so slick that they didn't know that most of us comics over here know other comics from the States. So remember, there was there's an app. I'm not sure it's still going on called Clubhouse. Yeah. During the lockdown, oh, that was one that was wicked. I mean, the fact that anyone could talk about any subject about anybody, you know, I was just like, wow. And the th- the things that I found out, I was like, huh, uh-huh. And this is that round of time after I had my brain surgery as well. So it's about four or five months in. I'm staying on my, my mom's house, <coughs> and I'm literally. On my phone, on my tablet, that I had a time it's broken now. Um, I was um listening to it and I was thinking, wow, is that what they're doing now? Oh, that's how they got this. So they stepped with that person and they stepped, oh, okay. Oh, and that person's married. My God. Whoa. Oh wow. Mm, that makes sense. Right. And I've known that person for years. I know their family. That'd be raw. Mm. And I promised their family I wouldn't box him in the head, but okay, all right then. Yeah. And it goes back to what I said about saying us comedians, we're human. Um, but it's just the fact that we have all these like um social apps where you can get all this news. It's not just about the Facebooks and the, the Instagram Twitters. We've got things like Clubhouse and these other social network things. I'm thinking, wow. You know, you've got a SoundCloud for podcasts and all that stuff. You can find out all this, this, this stuff. So it may, as, a, as a comedian myself, it makes me more wary now going, oh, be very careful. You know, like what you do, you know, like, like, where you're going, what you're drinking, you know, just drink some juice, you know, something, something that's nice for you. Buy your own juice. Make sure no one buys it for you. Um, <laughs> it, may, it makes me wary. <laughs> what? T- t- do you have any names? No, I'm joking. We can't do that. You can't do that. Can't do that right now. NDA, NDA. Yes, dude. Rules. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I think I also reason why I'm bringing it up is also it's a learning curve because of someone else's circumstance. I have to say it like this: I'm learning what not to do, even when I go up in the ladder of the of success. Still, don't do it. You have no reason to. Don't even, don't even, try, don't even think about it. Okay, think about it if you want to think about jokes, but don't think about trying to do them things. No, don't sell yourself short. You know, just to climb up a few steps in the ladder, because you can fall back down. Yeah, and that happens to a lot of people. Yeah, the acting world, the comedy world, musicians. I mean, it happens to, to a lot of, a lot of talented people, because their talent is being overshadowed by affairs or scandals or some stupidness or drug related something. Okay. And if you, you know? were if you're gonna look at Sweet Sixteen Variety B, what would you say to her entering the comedy world? And what is Ooh. your what is your advice to comedians or actors or comedic performers listening in now? I mean if you say what would I say to my sixteen or self is um okay so variety your mum will still get on your nerves um you know because she loves you um do what you're doing B 
be careful where you're going. Because when I first started comedy, I um it wasn't like legit because in the UK we have a well, I'm not sure if the law is, is happening now, but back then you couldn't be under 18 doing stand-up. Um, three reasons because of effing and jeffing. Uh, second reason, because there's alcoholic beverages, it's not ribenas and that. And thirdly, it's party belly buyers. We do not there uh, 10, 11 at night, you know, at the age of 16. Um, then, yeah, literally just continue, you know, break the glass ceiling. Don't be scared. Um, stand your ground against any dodgy promoters. Um, stand your ground even more. Tell someone, because with me, when I was younger, look at my younger self, I was stubborn. You know, I, I, I wasn't able to, like, tell the other comics that what happened. And, and the thing is, there was stubbornness and then there was fear. So stubbornness was like, nah, I can do this by myself. You know, I'm a real G. I have no sisters. I have brothers. But then you got the, the scared part going, if I do tell them, would I be able to perform again? Would I be, what, blacklisted? Would I, what, what's going to happen? You know, so that was all running in my mind at the time. And that runs through a lot of people's minds today. Mm. And even back then, I didn't tell about my um, my disability, about, you know, being epileptic, because first people think of is photosensitive, and I'm not, I love Kodak, I'm not allergic to it, love Polaroid pictures. You can snap, 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 flash, flash every day, it won't affect me. My epilepsy that I have is called complex partial, which is based on dehydration and sleep deprivation. So that's what I have. I've had it since I was a baby. Um, and then, yeah, anything neuro, you know, uh, what's it, uh, neurodivergent or having any uh, neurological disorder, it'll be seen as like a curse to some some people. That's why I couldn't even have to keep hush about you know, my disability as well, um, back then. But if I told my younger self, I'd be like, just say it, say what you got going on. Because there's other doors, other avenues to go to. Because... Hmm. I'm one of those South Londoners that are not scared to go out of their um, their borough or ends to discover the industry, especially meet people I've seen on te- on telly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, and I've and I've only been signed what well now uh, during this, this recording, it's been one year and three months since I've been signed, but I've been doing comedy for fifteen years. Video. Yeah. Must and you, you probably see my Facebook and Instagram. You're thinking, how have you been all these people for so many years? What's going on? And you've only been signed for how long? Like, yeah, it's, it's mad. And there's more people to meet. The, com- the comedy industry is growing really rapidly. So what is, what, is, what, is the, what is the takeaway to anyone that's listening out there that wants to live comedy at their own terms and find their own niche? From what okay, you so, just told me there. Okay, so... Remember to respect the art and your comedy will flourish. Yeah, you may have some some tumbles and some, you know, you might trip on, on something, but just get your backside back up and try again. Um, find your own voice. Don't mimic or copy any other um, comic, even if you inspire. Um, sometimes when you do meet your comedy heroes, you realize a lot of that hero that you thought they were. Um, that's happened to me as well a couple of times. But you gotta remember everyone's human. That's that's one of the key things. Everyone's human being. You know, a lot of a lot of us can be got things going on in our life personally. Um, but we get to see the funny side of it for you know the ordinary Joes. Um what's the other one? Oh, if you do begin on social media, if you begin as a cyber comedian, as we nicknamed them, um, 
respect the stand-up comics because the, the stand-ups have been standing in the cold longer than you. Yeah, that's for those cyber ones. Because when you have a mobile phone or anything like that, you can do that anyway. You can do it in a warm area and make people laugh. But stand-up comedians, we've been literally going through head and high water, I mean, like going through the snow to get to a gig, get paid and get back home through the snow to get warm. You see what I'm saying? Um, but vice versa, stand-up comics respect and engage with the cyber comics because they're the ones who want to, um, what's it called, become stand-ups, perform on stage. They want to learn and develop their craft. So work together, something, you know, not that segregation. Yeah, have sex with each other and like become a team. I mean, probably, but you know, you've got to have permission or something. And if you do have sex with a comedian, which I have, um, <laughs> make sure make sure you have a comedy roast. There's, uh, I'm not too sure what my speech is called. It's simple, it's simple, but it ain't easy. And there's this thing I mentioned about three roasts. There's the sex roast where it's like oh, I'm horny and oh, I'm roasting. Oh, I, I need something. And then you've got the You've got a Sunday joke. You've got the Okomi roast where you're cussing each other. So that's the second one. So you battle each other. Then you've got a Sunday roast where you eat dinner and you have a nice drink. Go, I'm so sorry about that. I don't mean to talk about your mama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, but you were really good that night, Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. I must say, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, and then call it a day. Go back to business. Like, <laughs> like that's. And that's what basically happened to me, was it, back in, I think it was 2008, Edinburgh Fringe. And that was my second time I went to Edinburgh Fringe. And yeah, I had a, the free roast. Oh. I, I was horny. We, we did it on a Friday, cast each other on a Saturday, I won, and then said sorry on a Sunday. My way. You know, it was literally like that. Nowadays, I don't think that could even happen. Because we're, we got these devices here. Hmm. It's too segregated. You need to some, fight. Some will on someone. You but need to. I tell you what, I'm I'm really proud of that comedian um who who I slept with back then because he's doing really well now. He doesn't even live in, in the UK anymore. He's he's a writer now. Um, and an award-winning one. And has a beautiful family. Um, his wife looks amazing. I mean, just yeah. I mean, I was, what, I was how old? I was like, yeah, I was young in my teens, my late teens. We were young. We weren't level fives. We were like level ones and twos. You know what I'm saying? So no, no one really cared. I mean, no people that cared for our families. They were like, oh my God, we do all your foolishness now. You know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. Right. You know. So that's the takeaway from the podcast, guys. Use a Johnny. <laughs> of course. Or strap on. Oh. <laughs> Make sure it's not messy. <laughs> no, but so if anyone wants to find out about you, where do they find out about you in a non-messy way? Yeah, exactly. Don't stalk me, okay? Um, come ready. I'm dating. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, you can Google me. Type in Variety D. No, I'm not size double D. Sorry. Um, variety space letter D, okay, delicious. Um, and you can follow me on all socials Variety D, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube channel Variety D. Um, yeah, 
just literally check me out. But the, the easiest way to find me is Google me, Variety Comedian, and you'll see all my stuff. All right. So you know where to find out about Variety D. Um, the D stands for Dantastic or... The, Dantastic, was... yeah. You're funny. I say that. Delicious, okay. Delightful. D, D Delicious. Okay. Stands for Delicious Comedy, okay. De oh, delightful, DC, yeah. Delightful Comedy. Uh, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> And she's gonna pay me for the quote, okay? Uh, if it, and if you want to find I'm out, I'm paying about... them chicken wings. I'm paying them five chicken wings, yeah. Right, cool. Popeyes, Popeyes, and make sure you have a bit of egg fried rice with that. And there needs to wow. be an amalgamation of like African and Asian food. I've seen it. There I mean, needs I can, to be. I can, I can get you the Uncle Ben's, you know, like you know, ready-made egg fried rice. You know what I'm saying? Just for nine nine p. Um, you know, because cost of living. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. We, I've got to be understanding. So, if you want to find great advice, like Uncle Ben's advice or Asian advice, you know, listen to this podcast, you'll find out about it. Um, <laughs> just give us a five star view on Amazon, iTunes. Um, and yeah, just follow for more because we've got a lot of interesting guests. One thing that I'm looking into is maybe looking at the psychology of comedy, uh, maybe even talking to a few people outside of comedy. But that's, cool. that's all for now. And I'll see you guys soon. Thanks for having me.